Welcome to the Radiant Life Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we pray will inspire your heart and challenge your faith. For more information on RLC, please visit myrlc.family or check us out on social media. Have a blessed day. Now here's your message. Excited to be jumping into 21 days of prayer and fasting starting today. And uh, prayer, what is prayer and fasting? Prayer we get. It's like, oh yeah, we understand we're having fellowship, we're talking, we're having conversations with God. We can, we can pray, but what is fasting? Fasting is giving up something for a spiritual purpose. Fasting is saying, I'm going to go without so I can draw closer to God. So for 21 days, what we're strategically doing is giving up. You can say fa- fasting, normal fast is we're giving up food. Now, some of you are like, 21 days? We're going to go 21 days without food? Uh, obviously, there's a whole plan to that of how to stay hydrated and make sure that we're having intake. But, but fasting is also removing something of importance in your life to draw closer to God. So like for me, I'll, I'll, I'm a fast breakfast. I eat breakfast maybe two times a year. So me fasting breakfast isn't really saying, God, I'm going to give up something that has so much meaning and value to my life and just spend time with you. I could do that every day because I rarely do I eat it. You, you want to say, God, what is it that consumes my time, consumes my attention, that I can go without so I can spend time with you? And so I would be pray, prayerfully consider, God, what is it that I'm going to start today? For the next 20 days, 21 days, when am I going to go without? So during that time, I can seek you and get closer to you. And you may be asking yourself, why? Like, we've done this maybe eight years, I think it's eight years in a row now, where we kick off the month of January, 21 days of prayer fasting. Why? Why is that of so importance as we start the year? Well, before we jump into the message today, let me ask you a few questions. Uh, By a show of hands, how many of you, be honest, don't tell no lies up in here, all right? How many of you, you're being honest, how many of you ate way too many cookies over the holidays? Okay, good. I appreciate your honesty. How many of you gave up eating healthy from Thanksgiving to the end of 2023? <laughs> That's me. I was like, I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to, whatever, right? You put that turkey on my plate and it was a game changer. And then I was like, well, I might as well just keep eating like garbage because I've already started. Um, by a show of hands, I'm curious, how many of you changed your rhythms of life because you were traveling, you were meeting with family, you were going places, people were coming in. And so you stayed up later, you got up later, right? You ch- how many of you changed some rhythms or patterns of your life? So that right there is why we start 2024 or we start every year with a 21 days of prayer and fasting. Because what are we trying to do? We're hitting reset. We're hitting reset. We're hitting, man, I wanna, I wanna make sure that my patterns of living are spiritually healthy. So we hit reset. And maybe spiritually, you're like, that's midweeks. That's what we talked about. I need, I need to be a part. I need to, I need to be an alpha. So if you're, you're new to faith or you're, you're questioning, if, is God even real? Alpha is a great class for you to start during midweeks. Maybe, maybe you're like, man, a spiritual formation. Pastor Anthony teaching a class on spiritual formation. How, do, how does Jesus, what, what does God's word have to say to me that I can get closer to him? Or maybe we're starting a brand new class. Pastor Angel's gonna be teaching a class on freedom. What does it look like to experience freedom and or what we're talking about this morning, a breakthrough in my life spiritually? And so maybe one of those, you're like, that's it. That's what I need to be a part of. Then I would encourage you to make sure you're here this coming Wednesday as we kick those off. But so often we hear this phrase at the beginning of the year, new year, new me, right? New year, new you. New year, new you. I love that. But here's the problem. And I want to let you in on a little secret this morning. If you don't change the rhythms, you will get the same results. 
Right? You have to change the rhythm in order to see different results. Like I, three days this week, I went to the gym. I'm done. I quit. I ain't going no more. But, but what, I, what I wanted to do is I needed a new rhythm. I need a new pattern. I need, I need to settle in because if I want to get healthy physically, then I have to be able to change my eating habits, my eating rhythms, and my exercise rhythms. And so if we don't, we'll get the same results. So I'm hoping to get some better results, right, than Christmas cookies and Thanksgiving turkey and the dressing and all those other things because I'm trying to eat better and I want to be in the gym because I want different results, so we're having 21 days of prayer and fasting. Not only are we doing that, but we're jumping into this brand new series entitled Breakthrough. So over the next four weeks, here's what we're going to be talking about. We're talking about today about a hunger for God. And then we're going to jump into what is fasting? What, what, why are we fasting? What is a fast? Then we're going to be jumping into prayer. And then we're going to finish with don't quit. And you're like, I don't understand. Like your hunger, your, your prayer, fasting, now don't quit. Here's the deal. Don't just start something for 21 days and then quit and give up. Right? So part of our, our spiritual growth plan here at the church is we're reading through the book of Acts for the month of January. You can go, yeah, that's awesome. I read through the book of Acts. We're good to go. In February, I quit. No, you keep going and you don't stop. And so that's the encouragement of whatever God is stirring in your heart over the next 21 days, don't quit. Right? Keep pursuing, keep going after, and keep chasing. So if you want to experience God's best for your life in 2024, then let's jump into his word and let's talk about breakthrough this morning as we look at the book of Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Here's what it says. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Now the translations may say happy in the word blessed. So blessed are those who hunger. There is a hunger. There is a thirst for righteousness. A righteousness is a right relationship with God, for they will be filled. So the definition of hunger is an uneasy sensation Occasioned by the want of food, a craving of food, a strong or eager desire. So spiritual hunger is very much like natural hunger. Spiritual hunger, uh, there's an uneasiness, right? So when you think about hunger, there's an uneasiness. There's a sensation like, ooh, I'm listening stomach. I need to eat, right? And so there is a uneasiness within your spirit that says, I need more. I need more of God in my life. I, I, need, I need to seek him more. There is a hunger and a desire to chase after him. The truth of the matter, and it's a simple one, is that human beings, all of us, are ingrained with a sense of hunger. We are. Let me, let me show you. Throw up the first picture on the slide. Some of you, you went, that's it right there. Others of you, if you know me, I ain't eating that. Ain't no, now, what I mean by that is my, if I want a steak, it's got to be well done. Some of you just lost all respect for me. It's okay, don't judge me. I'm judging you for, eat, just for eating something that just mood, right? And so, so here's the deal. But that's, that's a good looking steak. Next picture. I only eat breakfast twice a year, but I'll eat that all day, right? That's my go-to. French toast, little strawberry on it, little, little whipped cream. What's, what do we got next? Are you, are you even alive if you don't like pizza? With pepperoni and sausage. That looks like deep dish from Chicago right there. That just looks like, what else we got? Listen, it's not a breakfast food, but I'd eat that right now. And that looks well done. Who doesn't want chicken wings? Come on, somebody. All right, I'm curious now, by a show of hands, how many of you are hungry? See what happened? We throw up pictures of food and instantly your mind goes to... That's what I'm having for lunch. By the way, fellas, I just helped you out because when you ask your wife, where do you want to go for lunch? And she answers, not sure. You, I just enlightened you. You can pick one of any one of those. Let's go get pizza. Let's go get chicken wings. So I'm helping you out. But what happens is, as our minds 
see something and we want it. Because there is a desire, there is a craving. And now we're like, okay, this is going to be great. We're going to do pizza. We're going to do chicken wings. This is, this is going to be awesome because we know that, that if we, we want to feed our bodies. Here's my question for you this morning, though. What are you feeding your soul? Right? We see food and we want it. Do we see the word of God and want it? Do we see his presence and go, oh, I want more of that. I, I, want, I want the strawberries and the whipped cream and I want the French toast. And I want the hash browns and the crispy bacon. I want it all from God. Do our hearts crave that type of desire? Do we have a hunger for his presence? And you may be thinking to yourself this morning, like, I don't, I'm not sure what blessed and hunger and thirst mean. I wanna give it, if we were to break down the text from its original language, from Matthew chapter five, here's, here's what it would read. You ready for this? Original meaning. Deeply joyful and spiritually whole are those who actively seek right relationship with God and in doing so discover that he alone can completely save and satisfy their souls. That's the practical breaking down of Matthew chapter five. Deeply joyful and spiritually whole are those who actively engage, move forward, right? And what Christ has called them to, to seek relate, a right relationship, his righteousness with God. And in doing so, by seeking, by having a hunger, we found out and we discover that he alone can save and satisfy, right? We see the, the Snickers commercial, like Snickers satisfies for a moment. It'll relieve. But when we find, when we find out who Jesus is, that's satisfaction for a life. And so we want to dive into what does it mean to hunger and thirst for righteousness, because we all know that feeling of being hangry, right? We know what it feels like. Like, you may be there right now. Like, shut up so I can go get lunch. Like, we're hangry, and so I want to go get food. I want something. And so what happens is, is we go, we go, we go and find something, and it satisfies. Like, this is great. This is, this is good. But how many know that a few hours later, you're going to get hungry again? Like, you may have eaten breakfast, and you're like, I'm thinking about lunch. Once you're done with lunch, a few hours later, you're going to be thinking about dinner, because that's the way we're wired. Our desire is to have more. I mean, we will go to the cabinets, open them up, rip them apart to find something that we really want. We will look. I love it. How many of you with children, you've heard your kids say this, there's nothing to eat in this house. And then you go to the cabinet and open it and go, what are you looking at? Because there's so much there, but we're not the right thing. If you're like me, some of you may be like me, like you go to the fridge and you open it and then you kind of scan up and down the shelves and you're like, there's got to be something in here for me to eat. And then you shut it and then you go back to the cabinet and you open it and you go, I'm going back to the fridge. And you go back to the fridge a second time and you're like, okay, great. And then all of a sudden you go back to the third time. And do we feel like God is going to miraculously move upon our refrigerator that what wasn't there the first time will now be there the fourth time? Like on the fourth time you open that fridge and you're like, it's a well done steak and a baked and a sweet potato with, with extra brown sugar and cinnamon. And there's those Texas Roadhouse rolls and they're butter and it's ready to go and it's all in the fridge and it's still warm for me. Like that doesn't happen, but we feel like it's going to happen. And so we keep going back and we keep opening it and we keep thinking like God's going to provide and he always wants to provide. But how many times in your life have you gone to the spiritual refrigerator looking for more of his presence? How many times do you go back opening the door going, God, I want more of you. There has to be more of you because I must have overlooked something. We will never have all the wisdom and all the knowledge and experience all of his presence in just a moment or just a year or a decade or two. It is a constant going back to the spiritual fridge and saying, God, I want more. God, I want more. But are we diving in and looking for more of his presence? How about you? I'll drive, I'll drive 30 minutes to go get beef brisket. Like, I'll 
Because why? I'm hungry and that's something I want. And so I want it to satisfy. Do we, do we look for God in that way? Do we have an appetite that only wants to be filled in a moment and not a lifetime? Like, God, I just want to come to church. I went to the worship night and so I'm good for the next three months. Like when the worship team sings, I don't really need it because I was good. I heard them last week. Or do we show up with a desire that says, God, I'm, I met with you on Wednesday, but I want to meet with you today as well. Like I desired you and I'm going to continually desire you. Because I, I don't want God to sustain me just in moments, but every moment. And my heart breaks. It does. I see, I see marriages struggling. I, I see, and that it breaks my heart. I, I see poor choices being made and, and that hurts. I see hatred and disunity within the body of Christ. I see people openly gossiping about one another and people being stuck in sin and in bondage with addictions, a, a lack of hunger or desire for the things of God. And I ask myself, where is the hunger to see God move like he's never moved before. Where's that hunger? Like, I, I, here's, here's what I know, like when I watched that video and, and knowing the triplets and being in, there was a hunger to see God move in the country. Is there a hunger to see God move in Wadsworth and in Akron and Barberton and in Norton and in Orville? Where's the hunger that says, I won't, I won't give up until you bless me. Like I'm gonna worship until you bless me. If you break my, God, I'll break my hip if that's what it means. Some of you are like, nope, bad idea. But will we hunger for God? Where's the hunger to serve people in this broken world? Where's, where's the hunger to, 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 to bless the hurting? We see, we see needs all over the place. I, w- I will tell you this. If, if you've ever said this statement, someone should do something about this. I just want you to know you are that someone. If you're like, someone needs to meet that need, you're that someone. Someone should start that ministry. You're probably that someone. Someone should, someone should begin a Bible, scu- Bible study in my school. You're that someone. It is not somebody else's job because if God is laying it upon your heart, then he's asking you to do it. So you may be that someone. Do you have that hunger that says, God, if that's what you're asking me to do, I'm gonna do it. When's the last time you, you went, you opened up the word like, man, today, Acts chapter seven, just want you to know, day seven, Acts chapter seven, if you're following along in the growth plan. So you, you open it and go, well, I just need to check it off that I did it. I need to, I need to just read one verse and put in, the, put in band, hey, read it, done, good. It's not a checklist item. When you read it, do you go, God, I want it to come alive. I want your word to be so alive that it changes me from the inside out. When is the last time you were on your knees before God crying for his help? It was so beautiful on Wednesday. There was a young man sitting right there, fourth or fifth row, and we're just singing and we, we gave an appeal. And, and I believe he's been to the church once, but he got up out of his seat and he just came down and, and just kneeled down. And I went and prayed with him. I was like, man, that's, that's, that's some courage right there. What will people think? He didn't care what anybody thought. He just wanted to experience God. He just wanted to have a breakthrough in that moment. And when do we just say, God, I'm here for you. When's the last time you shared your faith with someone? When's the last time you went out of your way to invest in somebody else's life spiritually? See, as as a church, we we have, and you've heard me talk about, we have midweeks, we have spiritual growth plan, we offer Sunday morning services, we have things for the kids, we have multiple locations for church. We, We have all of these things. But sometimes I, I, feel, I feel like maybe, maybe there's a failure because that failure happens when we begin to prioritize our life in a way that says, I don't need those. I don't need those. This is, not, this is not a moment of shame. This is not me going, you're all horrible people. Hear me on this. We will go weeks without showing up for church. Would you go weeks without eating? No, it wouldn't make sense. Like, no, 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 I, I, I got to eat today. Like, I mean, today is Sunday. We're going to hang out with people after church and we're going to get some food. So like this month's life group, we're not going to do, 
We're not doing whatever. I can't remember. What's this month's life group meal? What is it? Charcuterie? The Lord is good. Like, come on, somebody. Like, but here's the deal. Like, no, we're not going to eat. You, we just want you to show up. We have food. But we wouldn't miss a meal because we want to prioritize it. So maybe we, we don't want to miss church because it's a priority. So this morning, I want to give you five, five things we can be hungry for. You ready for the first one? We need to be hungry for a healing. Hungry for a healing. Uh, in, in the Bible, uh, different, different accounts of this woman um, but there's a woman, we don't know her name. All we know is she has an issue with blood. And so there's this woman who's, who's been sick for decades and she is hurting, she is lonely. I understand in biblical times, uh, if she would be what, what was called ceremony unclean. She's not, she is unable to touch people, to be in the presence of people. And this happened year in, year out. In, in the gospel of Mark, it says that she suffered due to the, even at the care of the doctors and she grew worse. So she, she was trying and she was working and she's doing it. And I, I can't imagine like putting myself in her shoes and she had to be tired. She had to be exhausted. She had to feel lonely. Like we we kind of joke here at the church. Um, if you, I was even having a conversation with a, uh, some teenagers as they left the first service today. They were like, so like, talk to me about like this whole no hugging thing. And I was like, well, I hug. It just didn't grow up that way. Like you, like when I met Angel and the first time she left her parents' house, she was like, I love you, love you, all these hugs and kisses. And I was like, do y'all do that every time? And they were like, every time. And I was like, that's weird. And they were like, that's weird. I was like, I've never done that once. I don't, I don't, we don't say goodbye. It's like, you just leave. You walk out the door, you shut the door and you come back. Like, that's how we do it. So it was a little weird. So for me, so here's the deal. I understand, but that, that barrier, just a little. But if someone told me, hey, you could, never, you could never hug your children or your wife again, ain't no way. Ain't no way. But that's this woman. That's her life. That's her situation. No physical contact. She, she is isolated. She is insulated. She is struggling. She is hurting. But something rises up within her. There is a hunger that says, I don't, I've heard about this guy, Jesus. And I don't know if it's true. I'm not sure if he's the Messiah. I'm not sure if he's the healer. But what I do know is maybe, just maybe, Maybe if I touch the hem of his garment, I could be healed. For decades struggle. And the scripture doesn't say, we don't know if, did she walk? Did she, did she jump? Did she fall? Did she crawl to get to Jesus? What we do know is the scripture tells us that there was a huge crowd. There were almost, the scripture tells us that they were almost crushing Jesus. So that's a lot of people. That's hundreds, if not thousands of people. Yet this woman, by faith, reaches out, touches the hem of the garment, his garment, and instantly is healed. And then Jesus recognizes that power has left him. And then he asks this question, who touched me? What? Jesus, there are hundreds, if not thousands of people. What do you mean who touched me? For those of you who have ever went to a Browns game in person, and then it's time to leave because no one leaves until the very end. Even if they're losing by 40, we stay because that's our loyalty, right? We're, we're there. And so you stay and then you leave and it's like you're either going this way or this way and thousands of people are walking with you and everybody's touching you. Mostly because they don't know how to walk in a straight line when they're leaving the game, right? Like they're sideways. And, and so it's like, excuse me, sorry, 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 sorry. And you're doing the chance if they win, it's good things. If not, yeah, just careful. You walk like this, la, 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 la. And, and, you, and, and so you're leaving the game and every, it would be like leaving the Browns game and Jesus going, who touched me? Because in that moment, and here's what I need you to hear, is Jesus is a personal God. In this moment, he realizes one person out of every, someone touched me. No, everybody's touching. No, 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 no. One person touched me. And then he has a conversation because he sees this woman in her need and in her hurt. And he sees you this morning the same way. 
So do you desire, is there a hunger for a healing? It was her faith. She pushed through. She had that faith to move, to get through the crowds. Do you, do you have that faith? Maybe you're, you're here this morning, you're like, I don't have a physical need. But you're talking, maybe, maybe it's a marriage. Maybe it's a severed relationship. Maybe there's some struggle. There's some tension. And, and it's up to you to do the first step. It's up to you to move. So I, I, maybe this is for somebody in the room today. Maybe it's for somebody watching online. We have to stop expecting God to move when he's called you to action. Like, God, you, deal, you, you move in this person's life. Yes, pray that. But also, if there's bitterness in yours towards somebody, then you take that first step. You reach out. You forgive. You reconcile. You restore. Don't just be like, well, God's got to do it. I can't do it. What if God wants to use you? Right, so is there a hunger for a healing? The second thing this morning, if you're taking notes, is we, we need to be hungry for more. More of God. More of his presence more of his love, more of his grace, more of his purpose, more of his calling. Like, listen, I, I need more of him every day that I walk with him. What I had yesterday was great, but I need more today. And tomorrow, I'll need even more. And so we do, do we have a desire for more? Uh, the scripture unpacks for us tons of, tons of verses about what does it look like for more. But one I want to share with you is an example of Moses. In Exodus chapter 33, verse 13, it says, Now therefore I pray, if I have found favor in your sight, let me know your ways so that I may know you. Let me know your ways so I may know you. This is, this is so remarkable. This is, this is Moses saying, God, I have a relationship with you, but I want more. Like, I'm not satisfied. I'm not content. There has to be more. And here's what I love about Moses. He has such a boldness that later on in this verse, he says, now show me your glory. Like, God, I, I want more of you in my life. And here's, here's what I know that God will do in your life, just not only because he did it in Moses, I've seen it for decades. When your heart is hungry for more, he shows up, right? So Moses asked and God said, yes. Oh, you want more of me? Of course you can have more of me, right? When you, when you move, he wasn't satisfied with just a, a candy bar relationship. He wanted the buffet. Like he wanted to come back for more and more and more. Here's what I love about the buffet, right? You go and you give and you get more. When you get to the end, most people, the buffet don't go, oh, I need to save somebody for somebody else. No, they'll bring more. That's how it is at God's buffet. Like you need more love, you take it and you take it. You need more grace, you take it. You need more mercy, you take it. He will always replenish those bins for everybody else. He will move because there's always enough. He's more than enough. And so do we find our satisfaction in him? I mean, could you just imagine that you have a friend who says, listen, I'm just gonna ask you, I'm gonna ask you to do me a favor. I need you to show up at my house every day. If you show up at my house every day, I'll give you $1,000. I'm your friend. Just like, I'll show up at your house and your house and your house. But here's the deal. The friend says, hey, listen, I just need to show up. When you show up, I want you to spend some time with me. I wrote a book. I want you to read it. I want to have conversation with you. Maybe, maybe even invite some of your friends with you. You see, Jesus is asking us constantly, hey, will you just come to my house and meet with me? Because I have an unending supply from my word, of my mercy, of my grace. And all I'm asking is, will you come to my house? So you've made that first step this morning by showing up in his house. And so will we continue to show up in his house to experience more of him? Make his word a priority. I love what it says in Philippians chapter three, verse 10 and 11. It says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Let's go. You know what I mean? Like I want to know him in the pot, like the same presence, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead comes into us when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Let that sink in for a moment. That's some supernatural power right there. Like that's what I want. 
But we can't just take the word and go, we'll stop right there. We have to continue reading. And it says, I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. Nope, we'll go back to the first part. I want the power in life, not trying to do the suffering. It says, so that one way or another, I will experience, I will know, I will have an abundance and understand what that means. Are you known by him or do you know him? Right? He knows us. The word says that, that he knows the amount of hairs on our head. That means for me, he knows how to do subtraction well, right? Like he's getting this. But he calls us and he calls each of us friends. So, so he knows us, but do we know him? Do we know his character, his nature? Do we have the confidence in who he is and his ability? Do we understand that he is more than enough, right? We talk about generosity and offerings and, and put, do, we, do we trust him with our finances? That's huge, but if you know him, if you've experienced him, you've watched him again and again and again, pour out his favor and his blessing, he'll move. That was the thing, no joke, that was the one thing that hindered me from going into the ministry sooner was money. It was, I had a really nice car, Pontiac Trans Am, let's go, six speed, rah, rah. I'd light it up in first gear, light that sucker up in second and I would chirp third, baby, like I got this. But the problem is I love stuff more than I loved him. And he had to deal with my heart. He, he, had, to, he had to get that stuff out so, he, so that I would realize, oh, this is what you're really asking of me. And so, so, so do we have the trust? Do we, do we want more of him in our lives? The third thing, if you're taking notes, is we have to, we have to be hungry for less. And some of you just went, hmm. Your last point was hungry for more. Now you're saying hungry for less. Are you, is this contradictory? Less of our selfish choices and more of our selfless choices. More of saying, not my will, but your will. More of saying, hey, this, this decision may benefit me the best and going, I'm gonna hit pause on that one because the next decision I'm about to make will benefit others best. I, I, this is a, hear me on this. This is like a, a thing that I was just messing around with and, and I was telling Pastor Angel, I said, man, <sighs> church planting is hard sometimes. It's like, it would just, sometimes it would just be easier to be one church, one location. But that's not what God called us to. That's not the vision and dream he put on our hearts. And so that means we're gonna be one church in multiple locations. Just the other day, we were t they were doing some renovations, uh, working on some boiler systems in Orville. And Pastor Angel said, hey, what's the cost like if we just wanted to replace the whole system? And, and the guy replied, ah, probably, about, probably about 100 grand. And I was like, ah! And I was like, guess what? We ain't replacing those boilers. We're gonna make those babies work, right? And it was... But I was like, God, this is what you called us to. And just because you've called it doesn't mean it's gonna be easy, but there's a reason why. Because there are 15,000 people in the city of Orville that need to hear the gospel message. And he's gonna use Radiant Life Church to present it. He's gonna use our hands and our feet. And so we wanna be obedient to what he has, but that means we have to be selfless and not selfish. You see, the moment that we forget that others are affected by our choices is the moment we forget what it means to follow Jesus. To say, oh, this choice I make only isn't, is, it's only gonna hurt me. It won't hurt anybody else. That's a lie. That's a lie. Our choices always impact other people. And so we wanna be selfless and not selfish. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse one, this is Paul, he's given us, yeah, we've heard this before, but I, I love this translation here. It's be imitators of me just as I also am of Christ. An imitator. If you were arrested, would there be enough evidence of the fruit, the fruit of the spirit in your life for you to be found guilty? Like, would there be enough evidence of the goodness and the kindness, right? Hear me on this. If, if his will increases and ours decreases, 
and we're to be imitators of his actions, then let me pose a few questions for you this morning. If your choices, your mouth, your hunger for God, your church attendance, your habits, your attitude, and your kindness, if somebody imitated that, would they be drawn closer to God or pushed further away? Man, there's a lot of weight to that, right? Oh man, they're gonna imitate me. And so the way that I respond in this moment, the way that I want to tell somebody off on social media, will this help people know Jesus or will this hinder someone coming to know Jesus? And so we gotta make sure that we are hungry for less, less hoarding, more giving, less apathy, more passion. The fourth thing this morning we should be hungry for is hungry for kingdom impact. We gotta be hungry for kingdom impact. There are, there are somewhere between two and three billion people on planet earth who have never heard the gospel, who have, have never heard about the name of Jesus. Let that sink in for a moment. And, and you're like, no, 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 everybody has access. Do you know how spoiled we are? Do you know how frustrating it is? I, listen, I wish I could, but I can't because we use our, we have to make sure our Wi-Fi is really boosted to be able to live stream so that people watching online can hear it. But my phone was connected to the guest Wi-Fi and I went to watch something, I went to watch the live service to make sure it was working. And I was like, why isn't it loading faster? I was like, this is ridiculous. I don't want to wait. That's where we're at, people. Like, we don't want to wait. We have it at our fingertips and we want it now. There are people all around the world that do not have that connection and that access so those unreached people groups, we want to make sure that we're, we're, we're either giving or going so that someone will go or we will go. We want to make investments in globally and locally in people and in lives and in ministries who are sharing the gospel because there's kingdom impact. For our missions conference, I, I've talked about it. I'll say it again and I'll keep saying it because it's changing the world, your generosity, right? We built, we are building three birthing centers in the country of Tanzania because of your generosity, Three, and I shared this before, one out of every three children born in the country of Tanzania dies because of inadequate facilities. There is a birthing center that's going to Mafia Island, Mafia Island where they do bad things to babies and mamas. If you are a Christian, that will not happen because there will be a birthing center saving moms and saving children because of your generosity. That's life changing. Changing and seeing lives impacted all over the globe because of what God is doing. You look in the Bible in Esther chapter four, verse 14. This is, this is a biblical account of where Esther has an opportunity to see her people rescued. She, she is Jewish and these, the Jewish people are getting ready to, to be ended, taken off of planet earth. There's a decree that's gone out and Esther is the person who can have the influence and this is what it says in verse 14. It says, for if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, and who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. You were placed on planet earth for such a time as this. You could have been born in the 1500s. You could have been born in the 16 or 1700s. You could have been born in the 1800s. Some of you are like cops and robbers, like, ah, like, we'd be, we'd be, like, I feel like I should be in a Western. But you know what you were born? You were born right here, right now, the 1900s, the 2000s. It's crazy to say, like, I have to add 2000s in there now. The other day we were in a house and there was a phone jack on the wall and someone was like, what's that for? And I was like, sweet Jesus, I'm old. <laughs> I was like, you hang a phone. I was like, y'all didn't even know what a phone was on the wall. That's crazy, what a phone cord was. Like you, you never experienced grabbing that thing, stretching that thing into a bedroom, shutting the door so you could have a conversation. You know what I'm talking about? Like it was a 24 cord, but you made it 50. Like that, that was a dream. That was the goals. 
But are we hungry for kingdom impact? Do we wanna see Jesus made known all across the world? Because maybe, maybe, just maybe, like Queen Esther, you're here for such a time as this. You're here for such a time as this. There are situations happening. Life is moving. And maybe God has you here for such a time as this. He wants to use you in ways that you never even saw. Queen Esther didn't know when she became queen that it was for the purpose of being able to have a contact with the king to save her people. But maybe God has you here for such a time as this. I believe that God wants to, to change us and challenge us. And maybe, maybe that's what don't be silent. Don't be silent. In the book of Jude, I love, I love this verse in verse 22 and 23. It says, be merciful to those who doubt. And then it says, verse 23, it says, save others by snatching them from the fire and to show mercy mixed with fear. Right? There's a, save others by snatching them from the fire. What does that mean? That means all of us in this room and all of us watching online should smell like smoke. Let that sink in for a moment. If, if we today went outside and had a bonfire and we had some marshmallows and some graham crackers and some chocolate and we started making s'mores and we just sat around and had conversation and then we walked back into the building, what would we smell like? Smoke. It's natural when you're by fire to smell like smoke. And the scripture is telling us that we need to snatch others, that there are lost people, which means we should smell like smoke because we are constantly going in and rescuing people with the hope of Jesus Christ. There are great churches in the city. There's great churches in Orville. He hasn't called us to be another church. He's called us to be Radiant Life Church. But let this sink in for a moment. There's a population of the city of Wadsworth is about 25,000. So let's say today, today there are 7,000 people who go, I feel connected and I have a local church. I love that. That's awesome. That's a lot of people too. 7,000, that's a lot of people. You know what that also means? That means there's 18,000 people that we have an opportunity to smell like smoke with. Are we willing? Are we willing to have that type of kingdom impact? Are we willing to smell like smoke? And last is this. Is, is can we be hungry for worship? Psalm 42, verse one and two, it says, as the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you, God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? When? Don't you, ah, oh. right? There's this, there, there's this beautiful illustration as a deer pants, like as a deer is running and, and, and just wanting to find water. Do we, do we have that type of hunger that says, God, I just want to experience your presence. When can I go and meet with you? Not, uh, do I have to? Like we just had worship on Wednesday. We're going to do it again. We'll do it again next Sunday and the Sunday after that and the Sunday after that and the Sunday after that because we want, we want more of him in our life. And so there is a hunger. You see, worship starts in the heart, but it engages the whole being. It starts here. Like, oh, what, are you, what, are you, what are you stirring in me? And I want to lift up your name. Worship was never meant to be something we do on Sunday morning. It, it was something that was meant to be given all day, every day. It's not just a, hey, it's Sunday, it's what we do. Let's stand, let's, let's sing, let's raise our hands. No, it's something that flows from our heart that consumes us and we give God praise on a daily consistent basis. You see, worship was never meant to be about you. It's meant to be about Christ. It's the opposite of you actually, because worship is all about surrender. Say, God, this is, because we're not, we're not gonna look at lyrics on a screen and put our name there, right? So I throw up my hands, I'll praise myself again and again. We wouldn't do that. So it's not about us, it's about him. And so we'll throw up our hands and we'll, we'll lift up praises to the Lord. You see, worship was never about the right song. It was, about, it was about what flows from a grateful heart. 
Like, you've, listen, I texted Pastor Phil on Thursday and I gave him my song selection. So hopefully he picks those three songs because I know God will move. If we just do those songs, God's gonna show up because it's all about me. Me, 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 right? Like, no. Like maybe, maybe you're here and you know something about music and you're like, well, is this song in 4-4 four, four or is it in 6-8? Because if it's in 6-8, when the bass drops, praise goes up. You know what I'm saying? Like you feel that beat and you feel that rhythm and you're like, I got this. No pressure, David. Don't mess, you know what I mean? Like, like, no, it's, it's not about the right song. The only song is the song that flows from your heart that wants to lift up and magnify and exalt the name that is above all names, that one day, one day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that name, Jesus is Lord of Lords and Kingdom Kings. Why wait until that day when you can start today? And so we, we have a hunger for worship. Worship was never meant to be about a feeling. It's, it's, it's about understanding why and understanding the person we're worshiping. You say, I don't, I don't feel like it. Just, you know what, it's cold, it's snowing. That's, I, that does not inspire me, God. If it, the gray skies over, over Northern Ohio for three months is just unnecessary. I agree, Lord, change it, why? I don't, but, but here's the deal, we say, I'm, I don't feel like it. I can assume that Jesus didn't feel like it, but he gave his very best for your best so we could experience his power and his presence so that we could worship because it's not about a feeling, it's about understanding. God, in this moment, I'm trusting you. God, in this moment, you have my confidence. I know who you are. I know your character. I know your nature. And even if life doesn't seem fair, even if everything around you may be falling apart, he's not. And so I can throw up my hands. I can sing praises again and again because God, you are good. Worship was never meant to be something we do. It's meant to be who we are. A.W. Tozer said this, I love this. Without worship, we go about miserable. And so maybe you showed up and there's no judgment here. Don't look at this, a bad time to look at the person next to you. And maybe you have that resting stink face, like, I don't wanna be here. Without worship, we can go about miserable. But when we begin to lift up the name of Jesus and say, Jesus, I need some joy. I need some joy in my life. And so I want, I want to give you praise and I want to experience your power and your presence. Allow him to do something amazing in your life. So I would ask the question again, what are you hungry for? Are you hungry for a healing? Are you hungry for more? Are you hungry for less? Are you hungry for kingdom impact? Are you hungry for worship? I'm going to give you a few moments. A few moments and a challenge. Are you hungry for more of Jesus? Are you hungry for worship? So I would encourage you all over this place, would you stand to your feet?